You're listening to Around Comics, episode 274, the last episode. folks, Chris here, and before we jump into this last episode that we recorded at Dark Tower Comics, I have a couple uh, uh, notes and announcements to pass along, some things that have come up in the last couple weeks since we recorded. Uh, first of all, uh, you should know by now that we're going to be at C2E2. Uh, we've been talking about it the last few episodes, and I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more about it in the upcoming uh, segments. We're going to be at booth 1440, which if you go to C2E2.com, you can check their exhibitor floor plan, and you'll see that we're at the upper right-hand corner uh, just across the aisle from Artist Alley. So uh, if you're going to be at the convention this weekend, drop by, say hello. We'll uh, be doing some extra inning recordings for uh, uh, some upcoming stuff. So you haven't heard the absolute last from the Around Comics crew. We're hoping to, to have a good time with, uh, with some of our other fellow podcasters and, and creators at, uh, at the show this weekend. So certainly come on by. If you want to hang out with us after the show, uh, certainly encourage that. Uh, Friday night, we have uh, uh, some plans to be determined. Uh, the best way to find out what we're doing throughout the weekend is just follow us on Twitter. I'm at C. Neesman, and you can follow the, the show in general at Around Comics. Uh, Friday night, uh, we'll, we'll come up with some, some plans here uh, as, as the week progresses. Saturday night, we're going to be at Reggie's, and that starts right after the end of, uh, the, end of the convention that day. There's going to be a lot of uh, other podcasters there, creators. It's being put on by, by Pop Cult, and should be a good time. Music, uh, food, drinks, and, and a lot of fun on Saturday night. As you probably already know, our favorite charitable organization is the Hero Initiative. They're going to be set up at C2E2 as well, and they have a really fun uh, promotion that they're doing. Uh, if, you, uh, if you want to get some ink, want to get a tattoo, they have a great way to do that. They're, uh, they're going to be uh, basically uh, selling off or auctioning off uh, your chance to get a Ron Garney original uh, image uh, <laughs> tattooed, tattooed on you. So uh, go to uh, theheroinitiative.org, find out about that. And uh, like we always say, whenever you go to a convention, make the Hero Initiative your first stop. It's a great place to get sketches and, and awesome exclusive merch and it's uh, for a fantastic cause. So remember to check out the Hero Initiative, not just at C2E2, but in general. Now, for this last episode, uh, it was uh, the end of a very long night, so uh, it, it gets uh, it gets a little a little nutty in places. But uh, as as a special treat for uh, for listeners out there, and and you know, quite honestly, for us, uh, we went through and picked out some of our favorite interview clips from the last four years. So uh, throughout the course of this episode, uh, we're putting in some uh, some conversations with some of our our favorite creators and just you know uh, altogether favorite people. 
people in the comics industry. So it'll be a, a nice little walk uh, down memory lane as we as we go through this one. And uh, lots of thank yous get get thrown out at the end of the show. But uh, on behalf of of Tom, Sal, myself, and and everyone who's uh, a part of the larger Around Comics family, thank you for your support and listening to this silly little show for the last uh, four plus years. It's been a, a fantastic ride, and uh, I, I can't uh, can't express enough how much how much your support has meant to us. So, without further ado, here is the last recording of Around Comics at Dark Tower Comics. Anyway, you'll hear a little bit more from us from C2E2. Thanks, folks. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in Chicago, please drop by. That is the last time I'm going to say that. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Right. That was the last word. Sure. I don't believe that for a minute. All right. So here we are. Here we go. This is this is the last episode. Can Holy somebody give me a drink? Dun dun dun! Here's a half empty bottle of Jim Beam. No, that's good. That's good. Sam, yeah, same. All right. Let me get it. Hey there, everyone. Christopher Neesman here, and this is uh, this is it. This is uh, this is the the last. This is it. This is the last. This is life the way. Oh. Of no. uh, <laughs> the last of a very a very long evening here at uh, at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles as we celebrate uh, the end of Around Comics, and uh, I'm joined by uh, by my uh, my, uh, my partner crime, my only friend, the uh, the uh, the uh, co. co- the co-originator of Around Comics, Mr. Brian Salazar. Co-founder. A very soft Co-founder. A very soft. Um, I am We also have a uh, longtime listener, friend of the show, oh, artist extraordinaire, Mr. Kyle Bice. Howdy. Howdy. Okay, he's all cool. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> and Mr. CVD, how you doing? I'm drunk! <laughs> It is. Uh, it has been one of those nights. We've had a fantastic time. We've talked to uh, a bunch of folks that have uh, that have been involved with the show, been guests of the show, and uh, and yeah, I guess uh, you know this last hour could be absolute disaster, but uh, more than likely, more well, than li- be the first time. drunken disaster. But uh, uh, I'm starting to sober up. Are you? you you've drunk. You, you, you. I drank myself. You, you, sober. Drank, you drank yourself through. There you go. <laughs> don't don't move that bottle of Jim Beam too far away from me. I'm on the other uh, side. All right. Uh, let me see. You know, we had some voicemails that we've tried to record here okay. over the over the last couple of weeks, and Can we've had some them? we've had some issues. No. So important. Um, and, Wait. and I want to I want to play some of these. We had talked with Tom about them. Um, this is um, Tom. Caters? Tom Caters. Oh. Tom Caters. This that is quitter? Who's from, Tom Caters? I don't know. From like two months. used mu- to be on the show years ago. <laughs> from like two months ago. This is this, is this is Frank. <laughs> Hi, Frank. Caters. This is uh, Frank from Boston. Jesus. Boston. The place you want to go to is called The Outer Limits. It's in Waltham on Moody Street. <laughs> it's a hike from where you are going to be. Moody Street. But it's well worth the trip. Fucking better go, Quaders. Wednesdays, he's open well past 6.30. Uh, just uh, tell him Frank sent you. 
and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, so first what you do is you park the car in the yard. <laughs> is Outer Limits a strip club or a comic book shop? I'm not sure. I, I love the East Coast. I love the accent. That is that. So hopefully, Tom, you, you go check out the Outer Limits. And Frank, thank you very much for calling. Go. Go. <laughs> Tell them Frank sent you. Oh, uh, this you get, one. Uh, you get twenty percent discount. <laughs> this one. Uh, this one's from uh, from our buddy uh, Ian Levenstein. Ian, I love Ian. <laughs> Ian's a good hey guy. Guys, I no, I do. Ian Levenstein from Comic Comic Podcast. Um, just wanted to well congratulate you on being around as long as you have. Um, <laughs> well, they couldn't I mean, kind of stop Thanks for leaving. Now you guys are going away. I mean. One of my uh, one of my favorite things to do uh, over the past couple of years has been to sort of catch up on episodes that I've missed. Because, I love Ian because uh, he's Jewish. I, I mean, I'll admit it, it's been really? like back and like forth Ian with the. I never would have guessed. I won't listen for a few months, and I'll catch up on as many episodes as possible. Then I won't listen for a few months, <laughs> and I'll catch up as many as possible. Well, I guess I'll have plenty of time to do that now on on other episodes <laughs> that that you guys have in the back end. But uh, you know. Around Comics has been one of the best. It's been one of the top podcasts out there since it's been around. And uh, you guys should be proud of that. Chris, Tom, uh, Sal, and uh, everybody else has been involved over over the uh, over the years. To be very, very happy with the product that you put out there. I mean, hell. I mean, I, I, I announced comic timing on Around Comics for the first time. And, uh, I mean, that puts, a, that puts you guys in a special place in my heart for that, that, uh, you know, I was able to do that on your show. But, um, yeah, I mean, there'll be other projects to listen to you guys on for sure, and for I'll me. certainly uh, enjoy like hanging out with everybody to, 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 to uh, sort of say goodbye to the show. So here's to Around Comics, and I'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, we, we've got a, we've got a couple more emails. I'm gonna or voicemails. I'm gonna save those till a little bit later in the show. Later. Yeah. Well, whenever we're you know starving for content. <laughs> Jesus. I.e. Two we, minutes from now. Yeah. It's been and, a three-week end of the show. Oh, and that's just tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just tonight. So it's been fun tonight. We we had someone. Call from St. Louis. Yeah, who the, the hell was that? Called John? Was, was that John? I don't even know. Um, I don't remember. I don't, I'm, a, I'm but, sorry, Blue, whoever Blue you were. Lark. Blue Lark from the... From the oh, is that who it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, from, okay. Called from St. Louis. Burnham, you're not leaving, are you? No! No! Look, look at him hiding the whiskey as he goes. Yeah, Come right. On. Yeah, he's taking it. What am I going to do? You're going to sit down and talk with us. You never told me. You're getting ready to sit down and talk with us. Like, when did you turn into a girl? You can come sit over here. Come on. Jesus. <laughs> and Burnham's trying to sneak out. No of one gets out alive. Where the fuck do you think you're going? I'm not. He's getting belligerent now. Hi, I'm Jamie McAlvey. I hate Karen Gillan and I want him to die. And you're listening to Around Comics. All right, we will get back to the craziness at Dark Tower in just a few minutes. But now it's time for our first uh, look back segment over the last four years, some of the interviews that we had the pleasure to conduct. And this first one was an absolute thrill for all of us. It is with one of the true legends in comics, Mr. Gene Colan. And uh, if you've been lucky enough to meet Gene in your travels, I'm sure that you uh, walked away with the same opinion that we did, that he's not just a legend in comics, but just an absolutely wonderful human being. Gene is, uh, and his wife are fantastic people, and it was uh, an absolute honor to have him on the show. 
And this following segment from our talk with Gene Colon uh, is about him growing up as an artist and his time serving in World War II in the Pacific, which is pretty darn amazing if you think about it. Uh, so here is part of our conversation with Gene the Dean Colon. I imagine you as as the type of person that always had a pencil and a pad of paper with you, kind of always. wherever you went. Always. Now I remember doing something pretty nasty uh, <laughs> in, in the confines of my family. My mother, when I was very young, knew that the the quickest way to to uh, punish me and the best way would be to take my pencil and paper away, and so she would do that. She would say, "Okay." Yeah, you're going to be a wise guy, and how you're going to pay for it, and uh, you're not allowed to draw for a week. Uh, that was almost impossible for me to do. Uh, <laughs> so when she was not looking, out would come the pad and pencil. Uh, <laughs> draw with rocks so, if you had to. <laughs> I, I would. I would have. I would have. Uh, a thread of life and limb. I would have done it just like I did it then. Now you went. You uh, enlisted in, in the Marines originally uh, during World I, War Two. Yes, I tried to get into the Marine Corps, and my father came down and got wind of it. And I, well, I told him, and I uh, he what he says he went down to the uh, enlistment station and told him that I was underage, and I was, and so they uh, of course they released me. <laughs> but you did. You did end up I going. I got into the Air Force. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. And I and did every. Everything but fly. <laughs> <laughs> and you were stationed in the Philippines, correct? Yes. Um, and, and there was a time there that you worked for the Manila Press? I, I worked for the Manila... Long after, I was overseas in, in the Philippines for quite some time. And then I, I got the idea of uh, maybe getting uh, some of my work into the Manila Times. That was the big newspaper there in the Philippines, in Manila. Uh, Manila was basically uh, made up of uh, craters and, you know, shell craters and bullet holes everywhere. It was a mess, but uh, I did get work from them, quite a bit of it. And I actually made more money from them than I did from Uncle Sam. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was, um, I enjoyed that. I really did. Now, was that was that strip work? Was that more... Uh... No, I, no, I had... Uh, I had a running diary of my experiences in the service, all in the form of cartooning. Wow. Uh, highly influenced by Kniff, uh, I uh, sort of patterned my style after him, at least as close as I thought I could ever get. And uh, I, I would uh, just keep a running diary from day to day as to what happened uh, each day that passed. And I uh, would do it in the form of, of course, uh, in the form of drawing. Uh, I managed to get into special service uh, when I was overseas. Um, uh, I tried everything in the book to get into special service, but each uh, each soldier had a, um, a what they called an MOS number, and once that was uh, um, given to you, you could never change it. Uh, so they told me, uh, and I was trying to get out of it the worst way. And everybody uh, in, in my unit knew. That's exactly what I was trying to do. Um, and one day they were they they rounded up a lot of guys who wanted to know. It was a main question that they asked everyone what they would do if a Japanese prisoner ever escaped. And uh, when it 
time came to me, and they said, what would you do, Eugene? Would you just let him go or what? Because you've got to remember, if he escapes, you have to serve his time. And uh, I said, I, it didn't matter to me uh, about that. I would just simply, I wouldn't shoot him, if that's what you're asking. I'd let him go. And that did it. They got me right out of, uh, <laughs> out of uh, I, I was a prison chaser at that time, sitting on top of a garbage truck with a carbine, Making sure that the uh, that the prisoners would uh, do what they had to do during the during the day, and I would have done anything to get out of that. Oh, and so that's how I got out of it. Hmm. I thought you were going to say that you told them that uh, you can make a really great drawing of that Japanese soldier <laughs> running away. Well, Gene, at that time, and uh, and I know that a lot of servicemen read comic books. Were were those? I mean, were you keeping up with what the industry was doing while you were in the no. service? No. No, not at all. No, <laughs> uh, I just simply took advantage of where I was, and uh, and I it, it was just a a uh, a mecca for uh, information as, as subject matter. There's mm-hmm. so much subject matter. I would draw the Japanese prisoners. I would. Uh, we had a shutdown zero on the field. I, I did. I drew that. Um, I even got inside of a. I think it was a Mustang fighter, and and uh, pretending I was. We're looking at the uh, at the instrument panel, and I said, "My God, you'd have to be a walking encyclopedia in order to run this thing." And so I uh, I would just I sketched the entire layout of the uh, dashboard. Every number, every switch, everything, and uh, and then I was I, I I noticed that sitting in this in this uh, in this plane that I was sitting awfully low. I could hardly look out the, the front window. I said, How the hell do, do these pilots uh, fly this thing? And uh, I, I noticed the seat that I was sitting in. It, it had a big hole in it, a huge hole. It's a metal seat. But I had no padding and nothing. It was just a big hole, and my butt was resting right into the hole, which <laughs> which didn't give me any height. And then I realized later that it was if I had been a, a pilot, I would have been sitting on my parachute. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. That's so that would have made the difference. <laughs> but it was it, it was great. I just enjoyed myself overseas. There were some rough moments, but I uh, I did fine. This is Rick Remender. This is Tony Moore. And you're listening to Around Comics, and you should be reading Dear Agent. Have a seat. Uh, yeah, but we had yeah. a guy call from St. Louis. and uh, Which was very was, cool. Uh, farewell. Was he eating well. Provel? Is it your first call from St. Louis? Well, I mean, we've talked to Somni. He called the shop, though. That was the Yeah, he called the shop. Like Dark Tower account. He had to look really? up. Yeah, he, he went online and found the, the number for Dark Tower and called the shop. Chris hands me the phone from the shop. I'm like... Who's this? Who the fuck is he now? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of wild. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he just wanted to interesting. Uh, Burnham. Oh, the Burnham Bell. The Burnham Bell. Buy it. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. You were trying to sneak out of here without talking to us. Uh, I, I kind of I, I'm halfway drunk and kind of forgot this was even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> I yeah. forgot why you were here, huh? Uh, yeah. Why the, you the, came the, here in the first place. Who are these fucking guys with the headphones? What are they trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> you pipe down. I'm trying to have a conversation here. Yeah? How you doing, man? I'm doing I'm doing well. Slightly overworked, but uh, you know, pleasantly busy, I guess. Yeah? Well well, overworked, what are you working on? Well, uh 
I am theoretically I'm finished with the thing I'm doing for uh, with uh, Joe Casey, but I'm you know finishing it up as I'm uh, as I'm doing. I don't know if I told you guys I'm doing uh, no. the I'm no. doing the Amory Wars at at Boom. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm twelve issues worth, so I'm uh, I'm booked solid for the next year with uh, with actual money. I'm gonna make like twice as much money this year as I ever have in my life. So his is girlfriend, kind of his girlfriend is now. shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, provi- provided I don't fuck it up, I'm gonna be uh, you know wearing Rolexes on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. Damn. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. That's boom. awesome. Boom pays well. That's what boom means, baby. <laughs> Damn. Mark Wade had that shit working there. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, they're not fucking around over there. No, that's awesome. Congratulations. Well, thanks uh, that's a lot, man. A, so what's what's the Casey deal? What is uh, that announced? Are you guys just we, sitting we are, on it? We are, What's Hold, the secret? What's we, the we fucking are, big secret? We are holding off on announcing it till May because he is his agent told him that the way to get maximum uh, bang for your announcement buck is to do it. You know, he said like you know May thirteenth at one o'clock p.m. is the best time to do it. So we're gonna you know we're gonna you know, announce it and solicit it in May. It's gonna come out in July in time for uh, the San Diego show and. Uh, we're gonna sell it for hundred million dollars to Hollywood. Sylvester Stallone is gonna blow me. Great. <laughs> He's gonna blow the Rolex right off your dick. Blow the Rolex. I right love. Off my dick. I love drunk Burnham. <laughs> this is awesome. You guys are offending the shit out of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy drunk Burnham. I haven't said anything against the Jews yet. I totally been tw- <laughs> I've been tweeting about drunk Burnham too. Oh yeah. fuck. He ha- he hasn't talked about about Alan Moore and what's under his beard. It's it's I, been I, Stevie I, Nicks is I, under his beard. <laughs> by the way, I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> but no, that that that's cool news, man. So yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, no, no, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. This Sylvester Stallone's gonna blow you. <laughs> right? No, that's, no, that's cool, man. That's, that's, cool. that's how that works. All right, are you are you are you set up at C two E two? You gonna be uh, an artist alley? Uh, I am. Wait, who's an attractive Hollywood woman that I prefer? Uh, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Eva Longoria. She looks way too much like my actual girlfriend. That's no good. Angelina Jolie. Oh, listen Jeez. to this shit. Listen to this shit. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. No, it's, mm. it, it's... I need it's some strange. Wait, it's it's wait. too much like the trim I so already got. So your girlfriend got. is blind? <laughs> <laughs> I get that, Chris. It's good. Deaf, too. <laughs> uh, Megan Fox? Will that work for you? I, I she has got okay. toe thumbs. Have you seen what? her fingers? <laughs> toe thumbs. Megan Fox has her fingers look like toes. I gotta tell you, I never even realized this she is had truth. Arms. This is truth. I'm speaking. Interesting. I have a, 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 a yeah a certain se- certain segment of my family that have feet that are more like to- like fingers. Finger toes. They can pick up shit with their feet and like Weird. play the piano. And so when you go to the house, <laughs> when you go to the house, do you hear this a lot? <laughs> it's it's uh it's just strange. Uh, I, they can pinch you with their toes, and uh, I don't know. They're monkey people. I don't fucking know. They're Jesus they're cousins, Christ. distant cousins, you know, from Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, no, that, throw that out there. That's great. So you know, we we couldn't we couldn't let you sneak Run away. Sneak without, out. Without, that's without, what it was. He was sneaking out. I was, I was sneaking out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot. That's okay. It's like it's like I slept with you, and I was trying to, you know, not wake you up. I know. And it was like he was coyote arming us. <laughs> what? He didn't even give me his number. I mean, I'm just, 
The next morning, he was like, here's some eggs, baby. <laughs> See ya. All right, go away. We're done with you now. Now you can, now you can fucking leave. I'm just getting warmed up now. now. you're done. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> what, what else we got? What about uh, what about the chick from that one show? She was pretty hot. Did we, Sophia Vergara, maybe is that her name from Modern Family? I, 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 oh, the the, uh, the, the buxom Dominican one that can't or, speak English. Yeah. yeah oh, Wait, yeah. The Golden yes, Girls yeah, episode. No, no. <laughs> I know who he's talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I like sure. that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Al Bundy's wife. Yes. Yeah. yeah she's nice. She's nice. She's hot. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I'd bump nuts with with Al if uh, if I got to have. A... <laughs> All right, God. I think. I think what? <laughs> wow! You know what I'm talking about. It's called about. moon landing. Chris. Why right. did you call this guy back over here? What? Why I know. Did you let I know. Him leave? All right, it's time for a voicemail. This one. Uh, this one's from from Cammy. It's Cammy, host of Cammy's Corner, calling you from San Diego, California. I'm calling to. Can I stay with you, you know, for Comic Con? Thanks for the hundreds of hours of. Comic book discussion that you've provided me with over the years. Cammy's a I feel like I got to know you all as, as you know, close crying. friends in a creepy internet way. And That's how I got most just, of my friends. You know, it's sad. It's like watching one of your favorite sitcoms coming to an end. But at least you guys are going out on top as you slowly uh, fall apart. If only someone paid us a million dollars for doing their own podcasts. Uh, Chris, um, Love eleven o'clock uh, comics. Uh, that was probably my favorite new pods. Well, not new, but new to me. Podcast two thousand nine. Uh, I'll be a loyal listener, Tom. I can't wait to hear you take on the flat or not the Flash Aquaman because uh, he's one of can't wait my, to hear uh, what he says about me. If he even a, fucking remembers, I've who met are him. you? He's Doubtful. a character I enjoy. Sal, but, I love Atomico. Yeah, what's that word? He's my secret. Hey, Green Hornet. <laughs> okay, fuck that. And uh. Sal, you, you, uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey. so, uh, doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I eat and sit back and relax. Shut the fuck up. And then I can just start enjoying all over again. Bye. <laughs> Wait, did he say he's going to start from the beginning and re-listen to this shit? <laughs> over what? and over What's again. What's wrong with that? That sounds like jail. <laughs> what? <laughs> like jail. It's gold, brother. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ed Brubaker, and when I'm not waiting for the trade, I like to listen to Around Comics podcast. Oh, Burnham, how you take us to places that get us in trouble. Well, here is our second uh, interview uh, flashback, and uh, we could not wrap up Around Comics without uh, a snippet from one of my favorite creators. Uh, I know it's been uh, kind of a, a running joke on the show for quite a while, uh, my, my stalker tendencies towards Greg Rucka, but uh, Greg, just like Gene Colan, is a fantastic person. It's been an honor to, uh, to get to know him a little bit through the show, and uh, this interview clip is uh, from a couple years ago and it's talking about my favorite book which is Queen and Country which some say I have an unnatural love for alright guys enough of this 52 and checkmate and Wonder Woman crap we're going to talk about the real book now <laughs> oh, that's right <laughs> it's time for me and Greg Rucka to talk about Queen uh, and Country Oh. He's lit, lit some what? scented candles. What's that? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> scented. He's got incense. He's in a bath, and he's like, let's talk about <laughs> it. We're going to leave now, Greg. <laughs> We're just going to leave you with Chris. 
alone at last. <laughs> so, Greg, when God talked to you... Oh, all right, all right, come on. Let's <laughs> try and be civil, serious in some way. Okay, I'm going to... You know what? Okay, I, yeah, I, let's, I, I let's have to... Let's non-masturbatory <laughs> <Yeah. question>. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um... Chris turned me on to Queen and Country. He was re- reading it long before I did, and I started reading it in trade uh, because by that time it was way too difficult to try and find the issues. And uh, and, and I really got into the book, and I loved the book, and, and, and I've read the first, I think, five or six trades. Um, and, I, and, and then I found out that you stopped writing the comic and wrote two novels that interrupt the story. And I was like, wow, now, I, I mean, not that I don't read books, but... It, it it felt like, to some degree, I, I was being forced to have to read a novel to keep up with the story. Now I, well, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's fair. It it it, 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 it I, I understand how uh, you could feel that. I wanted to write the novels from the start. Um, there are things that you just can't do in a comic book, and. There were stories that I wasn't going to be able to tell uh, about Tara in a comic, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to tell those stories. The way I had approached it initially was that when I first was going to write the first Q&C novel, I was actually going to take the first story arc and sort of novelize it. And then as I sat down to begin work on it, I realized that that was a total, that that was just a total cop-out. Um... I had already written that story, and that if I was going to write a novel um, about Tara, I wanted it to be a novel that Q&C fans would see as a valentine, basically, that would give them all this other stuff that they hadn't had access to before. And it felt to me that as soon as I made that decision that the novel was going to have to matter in the in the continuity of the series. It was going to have to... It's going to have to have merit in the overall sort of Q&C canon. And to do anything else was, was going to cheat. So, yeah, uh, it, it's fair to say that, you know, uh, hey, dude, you, you went out there and you wrote these novels, and now if I want all my Queen and Country, I've got to read the novels. And I can, you know, I'm not going to disagree with that. I will say that I tried to set up Red Panda in such a way that if you hadn't read the novels, you'd sit there and you'd go, what the hell, Tom died? But... Spoilers! <laughs> what? what are you doing? I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> oh, well. But you'd, um, but you would still at least you would still know what you needed to know to enjoy Red Panda, if that makes sense. It goes okay. back to what we were saying about Checkmate that there would be enough information up front that you would be able to get through the comic and be able to see the comic and enjoy the comic for what it was. And then if you wanted to know the rest of it, you could turn around and go back. In the same way that in Private Wars, you know, the line in the in the, in the opening of the book in, in the, quote, pre-operational briefing on Chase is about Red Panda. Like, and then, you know, she went to Iraq on Operation Red Panda and things got bloody. Things got very bloody, perhaps bloodier than they had needed to get. And that's all it says about Red Panda. You don't know anything else about the operation. So you pick up issue 29, and now you see Red Panda. But you also see, you know, sort of the, the segue between the two novels. Um, I've had at least one fan get really angry at me. 
about having read the start of Red Panda was furious that there had been this novel and felt like they were cheated. Um, but, you know, I, I can't apologize for it. I'm very proud of the novels. I think both of them are probably the best novels I've written. Um, I think Gentleman's Game is, is very is a very good book. And I think Private Wars is a very good book. And I think they may well be the best books I've written so far. So, you Go know. fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it. I, no, I don't, look, I, I don't say <laughs> that about my own work very often. I really don't. But I'm very proud of those novels. I think they're good books. Hey, I'm Jerry Duggan. And I'm Brian Pessane. And you're listening to Jimmy the Shoe. I'm Ben A.M. No, I think you're listening to Around Comics, right? My bad. Around Comics. I like girls. You're listening to Around Comics. I like girls. All right, Sal. Yes. You had prepared some uh, some podcast flashbacks. I'm way too drunk for this. But okay, we'll give it a shot. Uh, no, no. I was uh, I I thought it would be funny to kind of look up some of the stuff that um, was going on in February of 2006 when we started the podcast. So I thought I'd look up a couple of uh, of things like um, like the iFanboy guys. What were our, our buddies at iFanboy doing in February of 2006? Well, uh, let's see. They picked their pick of the week was Jonah Hex number four. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> it was two ninety nine, and and Josh had this to say. As soon as I opened the cover of this book, after noticing how much I liked the cover art, I noticed how much I liked the interior art. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Was was he six years old at the time? (laughs) I don't know how old Josh was at the time, but that was was 2006. Uh, yeah, and, and, and by the way, you know, don't 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 take this too seriously because I I don't encourage none of us are. I don't encourage anyone to go back and listen to any of our like first fifteen episodes. Agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. rough, rough. Uh, and then if we uh, if we go over to uh, there's not really anything funny about this one. It was just kind of interesting that uh, the CGS guys they were they were talking uh, in on February sixth of two thousand six. Uh, their episode was, um, uh, it said Ronin Studios is an up and coming publishing umbrella and scar tissue is one of their books. We spoke with Jim and Dave, who is Dave Wachter, Dave Wachter. Yeah. the creative team on the book. Listen and hear what, uh, the famous citizen Dave has to say about comics. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Dave was such a fucking whore on the podcast. Oh. He was on every podcast. But I tell you what, he was he was one of those first creators that really realized what a podcast yeah. can do for 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 an independent uh, comic book creator. And uh, you know, he listened to podcast. He he used it to the you know to his best advantage. And, and even to this day, I mean, Dave, Dave still listens to podcasts and is active in the podcast community. But yeah, he he got onto that real quick. And he's fucking awesome. That oh, dude yeah, has Dave. turned into a real fucking artist. Man. Yes, he has. He yes, he is has. awesome. His convention sketches kind of fucking pissed me off because they're really good <laughs> they make everyone else he, look like shit he got me a wildcat i asked him I asked him for a wildcat because i saw him do some uh, a convention sketch for someone else and i asked him could you do one for me he did fucking blew me away uh, he's pound, amazing. pound for pound yeah best best comic uh comic convention sketch Sorry, Chris. Out there. Um, <laughs> in uh <laughs> on, feb- on february 18th or no february 16th of 2006 
uh, John Suntress of Word Balloon Podcast had this amazing exclusive interview. It was um, the Bendis Tapes, part one of three. Wow. <laughs> Brian's three-hour Q&A session featuring questions provided by the posts uh, <laughs> by the posts on the Bendis board. And was, that, that, that was, that was, was that his that first was, Bendis was that tape? Really? I think that was his first Bendis tape. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, Wow. Oh, uh, man. Four... Four plus years ago. Four huh? years ago, the Bendis tapes. Oh yeah. man, and that's a that's a, a, a twice a year event now for. for uh, is John, that right? yeah yeah? I think yeah. he does it twice. John, a year John, now. you do Bendis tapes twice a year now. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, it says, uh, "Enjoy this informal session with Brian Michael Bendis, who had an avalanche of questions piling up in on his message board. He asked if he uh, we could do a special podcast going over." The list, uh, piece of cake. I thought, just like I I, it's hard to read. Are you John's, really reading that? I'm trying to, but John's <laughs> imitate John. Imitate him. <laughs> I don't think I can really. I think I can do you, it. You do, do I, you do Suntress. I'll do Bendis. I don't think I can do, <laughs> do it. Uh, uh, Brian, uh, I can't do John. John. Uh, it, it's really fun, John. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. <laughs> uh, come on. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> We had, uh, uh, I, I also looked up some of the stuff that was going on in the, in, in, in the, comics, in the industry. comics industry in 2006. One of the things, uh, uh, Marvel had announced the new uh, Wolverine team of Mark Guggenheim and, uh, and Ramos. Was taking oh, that was great. That was yeah. a good run. Uh, yeah, that went into the whole Civil War stuff. We had um, DC sent Infinite Crisis number four back to print. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Uh, image previews for uh, February eighth: Bomb Queen number one, Invincible number twenty-eight. Wow! Gun Candy number two. I, I don't even remember. I've right. never I remember heard that. of that. Runes of Ragnon number three. Uh, Wasn't that an Ultraverse thing? I have no idea. <laughs> um, let's no? see. And then we had this was uh, this one was pretty good. It was uh, Jesus saves. Uh, this April, vampires will fear both the cross and the guy who hung from it. When Jesus returns to battle, the bloodthirsty undead hordes I own this that comic. threaten humanity. Uh, this is the this premise comic. for the 48-page, one-shot, loaded Bible, Jesus versus Vampires. Yes, sir. Uh, CBR News spoke with writer Tim Seeley about the book. On February first of yep. two thousand, Tim, Tim Seeley. Uh, that was four um, years ago. Yeah. Scott, Scotty Young cover on that, or was that? That was Bible Bible. Bible. That was two. Bible two. Did, yeah. Okay, because Mike. Uh, now, did Mike do the art for one or two? Norton. Yeah, two. He did the he I did the art for two. Okay, which we appeared in Loaded Bible two. I uh, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, that, that really. Did normal. you were you bystanders or vampires? Or did you get killed? By, we, yeah, we were in a crowd. We we were in an angry mob. Nice. Um, so I looked dumbfounded. Sal looked angry. I yeah, thought I you looked at... familiar. <laughs> I had I had a baseball cap on, and Sal was gonna beat the fuck out of somebody. No, no, I was just yelling at vampires that came. Or no, Jesus. I was yelling at Jesus. Were you yelling at Jesus? I, was yelling, I think I was yelling at Jesus, yeah. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Vanita Rogers sat down with a length, lengthy chat with Jeff Johns. Um, 
Mike uh, Turner. Did it need to be lengthy at that point? Mike Turner did a uh, oh wow alternate yeah. cover for Civil War number one. Too before, soon. This was before, before Turner. Before yeah, Mike too soon. Uh, right then, um, uh, another artist. Um, oh, geez, you can laugh, it? Chris. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Seth, Seth Fisher. You're not an asshole. Oh, just oh, oh that's right. Yeah, Seth. Fi- yeah. Was that in Japan? Where did he, he die at? Uh, I think it was here. I don't remember exactly. Fell out of a hotel window? Something like that, yeah. That is that is the saddest I've ever been about someone I never met dying. Seth Fisher? Yeah. What was the... Uh, Batman Snow? Uh, yes. Snow or Winter or something, something like, like that. Yeah, Batman's yeah. Legend of the Dark Knight. Colored by uh, Dave Stewart. Looking really good. Yeah, I, I, have, that. I have that at home. He had done some... Uh, Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah, he did the well. Fantastic Four big in Japan. He did yeah, uh, big in, yeah. Green Lantern Will World. And he designed this game, Seth Fisher's uh, Flowering Nose. One of the greatest games I've ever played. Fucking amazing. No kidding. It's on the internet. Flowering Nose. This is David Peterson, creator of Mouthguard, and you're listening to Around Comics. All right, and for the next uh, flashback uh, interview segment, uh, it's an interesting little time capsule piece. Uh, it it kind of uh, reminds me how many up-and-coming artists and writers we talked to on the show over the last four years. And uh, this uh, this following gentleman had uh, had just finished uh, a pretty awesome miniseries called The Other Side, which was uh, about uh, uh, Vietnam. And uh, here... Jason Aaron talks about a new series that was just getting ready to launch called Scout. Before we forget, I want to talk about an upcoming series that you have planned. I believe it is it in uh, the January previews uh, for yes. uh, your new series, Scout, with uh, Jacques. Well, Jacques does the covers, but okay. uh, the interior art is by uh, the European artist R.M. Guerra. And I'm obviously unprepared to ask you about this. Stop. So it's a book. Garrett's pretty unknown. He's unknown in the States, so don't feel bad. He's done a lot of work in Spain and uh, in France, but I think this is his first big book in the States. What is is Scalp going to be about? Well, Scalp is a crime drama slash urban western that's set on a modern-day Indian reservation. Uh, Focuses on organized crime revolving around this newly opened casino on the res. It's sort of like The Wire meets Cormac McCarthy with some Elmore Leonard westerns and Peck and Paul and like a little Bruce Lee thrown in. So, <laughs> I think I think Sal go. just got excited. <laughs> Sounds like What? what? <laughs> and, and a lot of nudity. There's a lot of nudity. Nice. Curse, curse words for the kids. Because that's what the kids like. The kids want to buy books with nudity and swearing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I did. What made you want to write about this sort of concept? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, a crime drama, but set in the setting that you're putting it, in, it seems like an interesting perspective. But what uh, what brought you to that story? Uh, just another one of those long running obsessions I've had, just like the Vietnam War, uh, Native American history and culture has, has been another another one of those things that has fascinated me for a long time and you know just like i haven't been to vietnam i'm not a i'm not a native american so i'm, I'm you know taking a risk and then i'm venturing into something that some people may tell me i have no business writing about but the, the crime angle just it seemed to fit perfectly because you haven't really seen people tackle that 
yet, you know, Indian gaming has become such a huge thing in the last decade. You know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry now in the United States. And you, you hear some vague reports about the, you know, the how organized crime is starting to get involved in that, which a lot of people deny. So it seemed like something that was fresh, uh, you know, a fresh setting and fresh idea for a, a crime story. It actually started out as um, it was going to be a vertigo relaunch of uh, the old DC character Scalp Hunter. Remember from world um, weird western tales. It's kind of disappoints me because I had an idea a couple years ago for a movie that would be a parody of Ocean's Eleven, but they'd be robbing uh-huh. uh, Indian casino. Because <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, because I grew up in Green Bay and there's a huge Indian casino nearby, and when we were 18, mm-hmm. that was like the place to go because it was the one like sort of evil thing you could do at 18. <laughs> and I was like gamble. So or vote. <laughs> you could vote. That's no. keep your political opinions <laughs> Sorry. Yourself, Sam. Voting. Well, anyway, um, don't let me stop you from doing your idea. By all means. No, I mean, wanna... yeah. God damn it! <laughs> it's, happened, it's happened with Superman. Although, although, I, although we are doing that exact same story in the next story arc. Oh. <laughs> oh, now, now we are. Now we are. <laughs> Scribbling notes. Uh, oh well, God. I know uh, one of the things that you've done with this book that that you don't see in a lot of times in the, in in these types of stories is that the cast is almost completely native american you're not using a you know a, a half white half native american hero or or even a white hero or something you know that you see in a lot of stories that that are centered around that culture um, i know that was something that that was sort of important to you and 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 could you speak to that you know and why you wanted to make sure that was the way it was yeah i, I just think that's a like a typical hollywood cop out and that you have somebody who sits down and says, hey, let's, let's, you know, cowboy, cowboy, Indians are cool. Let's do a movie about Indians set among Indians, but let's make the main guy a fucking white guy. Like, hey, let's, our samurais are cool. Let's do a movie called The Last Samurai and let's get Tom Cruise (laughs) to play the lead. (laughs) Like, you know, that that always seemed like a a Hollywood cop-out. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was very committed from the get-go. If we're going to do a book set on an Indian reservation, then shouldn't the cast mostly be Indians? So yeah, the, the main characters are uh, almost exclusively uh, Native Americans. You know, we do have a few white guys poking in here and there, but um, yeah, that was very important. And and the story is basically it's about uh, it's about a character who's coming back to the reservation after being um, being gone for a while and sort of uh, denying his heritage. And and he's a he's a police officer. Is that correct? Well, uh, yes. Uh, Dash Badhorse is his name, and he's been gone for 15 years, and he's a guy who's always rejected his native culture and has never been interested in, uh, you know, considering himself a Lakota, and is for, kind of forced to come back to the reservation for, for reasons you'll see in the first issue, and winds up hooking up with uh, the, the local tribal tribal leader who's also, uh, you know, burgeoning crime boss, and through him winds up becoming a tribal cop. So, uh, and there, you know, there's some secrets along the way, which I won't spoil, but that's the basic gist of it. With both the other side and, and, and Scalped, uh, it seems like, you know, the perspective we're seeing both these stories from are with characters that in a lot of history we haven't really seen sympathy for. Uh, a lot of, the, you know, the Vietnamese uh, characters and, and American Indians are obviously characters that have been oppressed and, and victims of American aggression uh, in history. Have you ever, did you ever have any experience with this so far as, as people thinking maybe, I don't know, you know, your work is un-American in some way, or have you had any sort of, you know, retaliation in any way because of it? Uh, no, not that I know of. Um, 
Okay, you just gave yeah, people I... ideas. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> someone's well, like, wait a second. It's not my opinion. I'm just, I was just wondering if you know, I, I because well, the reason I ask is because I, when I'm reading the other side, and and then I heard heard about uh, scalp. You know, I was just kind of thinking, it's like, wow, you know, we really wouldn't see these stories say. 25 years ago or 20 years ago you know what i mean you wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell these stories in the way you're doing it and not get a lot of of feedback and negative feedback from it um so i was just wondering if you had seen any at all uh, and it sounds like not so that i think that's good but um you know then, then i didn't i didn't really come into these books like with an agenda in mind or anything i think it, it just kind of worked out and just these were the the stories and the characters i was interested in uh using there was no grand plan <laughs> <laughs> he's not sitting there twirling his mustache <laughs> hi this is mike norton uh co-creator and artist of gravity and uh if you're not listening to crankcast you should be listening to around comics here's our only uh back-to-back flashback segment but i think it's fitting because it uh goes along with the we knew them when theme and uh this is a writer who uh was just getting ready to uh, release a series from image comics called casanova he also had an original graphic novel called the five fists of science which we talk about here with writer matt fraction How did you find, just, I mean, what got you interested in those characters enough to, to research this and come up with this story? I, uh, this is going to sound, this, it, it, it was, um, it was totally magic. Um, I was l- looking up the etymology of the line, um, thunder's great, but lightning gets the job done. <laughs> uh, and it was Mark Twain. Um, and in the finding of this, I found that in connection with an essay about Twain and Tesla's relationship. And the minute I found out that Twain and Tesla were friends, I said, they fight crime. <laughs> you know, uh, they save the world. This summer, you can't spell action without T and T. And, you like know, it just, it became, it, it, the whole story fell together in my head. Well, Tesla's certainly, certainly a character. I mean, some of the, the, I didn't make up any of the weird stuff about Tesla. I mean, some of his inventions and things that he was working on and, and sort of the mystery that surrounds him. Yeah. You know, it's perfect for that sort of, of, of telling because, um, he could, you know, you're with a guy like that. You're not sure what is real or what isn't because the stuff that he did do is so fantastic. Well, and he, I mean, we would recognize him today as having obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. and being, um, Probably as- having Asperger's syndrome or being a highly functional autistic, mm-hmm. um, he uh, he never. I mean, he he did towards the end of his life, but for the most part, he didn't write stuff down. He would build things literally in his head, and then be done with them. They would work in his head just fine, so he didn't have to build the physical thing. <laughs> so a lot of his inventions we can't replicate, or we don't know how to replicate because the plans don't exist. So he, he must have made a smaller version of that robot, right? I, Your only you know, exaggeration is the size of it. When, well, when he died, the Pentagon seized all of his papers, and they are classified to this day. God, that is let just a... that blow your mind. <laughs> let, let's let the listeners get up off the floor. <laughs> that. Um, so, and you know, and Tesla is the kind of guy who would mention in a letter, "Oh yeah, so I invented a thing that was this weapon, but 
The military didn't want it because it's too scary. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, called the teapot. You can well, listen to music. <laughs> later, he, uh, I mean, he was talking about it having invented a death ray that would crack the world in half. <laughs> Good lord. Well, so, you know, uh, who knows? <laughs> that 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 is that is fertile ground for for a writer right there, or I, a I, podcast, or a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and well, it's, a... it's just Mark Twain and, and Nikola Tesla being buddies. Like that's just it has to. It's a story right there. That just what are they like in the room together? How do they eat together? What are they? What it's just it's just too many questions, and and it the whole kind of thing that's fell into my head kind of all at once. Well, and then as I started to do research, the story started to become true. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I made it up and then it was all true. <laughs> Hi, this is Andy Parks. You are listening to Around Comics. Oh, hey, I was thinking about you um, today because Sal comes into the office and, and uh, he's telling me that um, there's going to be three tattoo artists at C2E2. Yeah. And um, Vince, Vince being on 11 mm-hmm. o'clock, is totally um, psyched out because. Um, or, or, or uh, psyched up because um, Larry Martyr is uh-huh. going to be at uh, at C two E two, and he wants Martyr to draw a bean mm-hmm. on and, and get a tattoo of of Martyr's sketch. Awesome! So, uh, and I was like, oh, the bean, yeah, because you are you are a he wants to you, flick you're a bean, bean world guy. I'm, I'm a big bean guy. Yeah. So, are you, are, have you met Larry Martyr yet? Uh, I did. I met him at San Diego. He was he was really nice. I was really kind of starstruck and you know tongue-tied and really couldn't form a sentence it was like, me good think fuck you beans yeah beans good. beans good what is mr spook like yeah so anyway i was i was thinking about you uh every time i think of bean world i think of you and vince b Oh, mm. how sweet! Uh, yeah. So, any anything else going on? Uh, let's see. Um, February. Uh, the top. You want to you want to know the top ten comics for February of two thousand six? Yes. yes absolutely. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was just thinking in the day. What are the top ten comics of February two thousand six? Uh, number ten, Uncanny X Men, number four sixty nine. Bought it. Number nine, Supergirl, number five. Bought it. Really? Number. Yeah, but that was the. the oh, wait, did you say number five? Yes. Did not buy it. Go. Number eight, Green Lantern, number nine. No. Number seven, Green Lantern, number eight. No. Oh. This is confusing. Number six, Amazing Spider-Man 529. Bought it. Number five, Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk, number two. (laughs) Little did did people know they wouldn't see. Laughed at it at the store and did not buy it. Go. Number four, Supergirl, number four. Bought it. Supergirl was a big fucking seller back then. Yeah, for Number three was uh, Justice, number four. Bought it. Number two was New Avengers, number 16. Did not buy it. And the number one comic of February 2006 was Astonishing X-Men number 13. Wow. 140,000 estimated sales. And loved it. Wow. Uh, wow. Give this guy a fucking medal. Wait, so Whedon and Cassidy were already five years into Astonishing X-Men at that point? Now, here's some some information. (laughs) Burn. The top 300 comics sold 6.05 million copies. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was 2006. In 2010, mm-hmm. mere four years later, the top 300 comics sold 5.38 million copies. We're going down, folks. We're going. Yeah. We're, that's like an 18. What is that? 18 uh, percent. Yeah. Print is dying. Four, yeah, yeah, it's. it's <laughs> um, how, how many were stolen? How many were downloaded <laughs> yeah, and stolen? Know, um, is that even actually a thing, or is that people? Pretend that that's a thing. What? 
um, digital downloads. Nah, I don't. Nah, I don't want to get into it. Me neither. Who cares? <laughs> Are you that drunk, Chris? No, it's just it's it's a topic that. Okay, you you want to talk about? I the, just love saying Chris and having two of you. Chris, answer. you you want to talk about the history of around? Listen, comics. I told you about it, lisping in front it's, of me, it's, fucker. It's those kinds of it's those kinds of topics that um, became pretty laborious with the show. Right. Is is talking? I'm know, sorry, I asked. It, it, industry talk, that that kind of stuff. So, no, you know, I think you know, it's a debate that's still going. Yeah. So let's drop it. Yeah. Comic books will always be there. Comics will always survive. The business will always change. Agreed. And since about 1940, 1939, comics have always been in danger of of being, you know, of catching on fire, of being yeah, dropped in the yeah. toilet. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're going. Is your mom gonna throw that comic away? Hey man, read the ten cent play. Comics have comics have been in danger in the public eye and sales mm-hmm. and all that since like 1939, and it's it, that 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 is a constant with comics. But am I gonna forget it on the train? Uh, maybe, <laughs> but that would be a good thing. Then someone else will pick it up and exactly. throw it away. Exactly, mm-hmm. that's but, a good thing then. But comics will always be right. I, I actually know I, I will buy comics, and yes, they are three ninety nine a pop now. I give them away. I give them to friends. Do you? Yes, I do. Because I, I, I'm I bag them and I lock them away where no one will ever see, see I, them I'm ever again. I'm sick of that because who's going to buy them from you, Chris? I Mark, Mark will at double the face value. I'm going to read that sure. shit again. Wink. <laughs> How am I going to read it again if I give it away? I like to read it as it comes out. Then when the story's done, I read it again in a different context. Because I am the asshole who will buy the trade later on. Oh, you are an asshole. When it's done. Yes, I've I've bought your house in Burnham. <laughs> Thank you. What are you looking at, Mr. Salazar? I was just looking at some of the other stuff going on in, in 2006 on Newsarama. Mm-hmm. Um, well, give it to me. Uh, Next Wave number Sex one came out. That. Uh, now, anybody who has not read Next Wave yet... You're an asshole. Yeah. Go buy it now and read it. <laughs> I do. If, love if that. you haven't bought it by now, just you know, there's there's buses on the street. Just hop in front of one. Thank you. Yes, Burnham's correct. Hop in front of a bus. All right, I've got an email from some old friends of the show. Old friends. Uh, this is from uh, from uh, Adam Withers and Comfort Love, uh, the Uniques, and uh, they say, "Hey, Chris, we hope all is well with you, and uh, and sadly not Tom anymore. Uh, hope Sal is doing well." Uh, we're emailing you because I'm reading the email. Sal was not mentioned at all. Shut up! I'm reading it right bitch. over his shoulder. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> We're emailing you because the email title says, we're humbly asking you for our help. And uh, Nobody uh, loves me. <laughs> we just released uh, two really big things that we're trying to get the word out on. Uh, kiss my ass. Uh, uh, first off, we recently just released the 53-page extravaganza, which, the, uh, was, which was the ninth issue of The Uniques. Uh, it took some three and a half months, but we feel it was quite an achievement. Not only was it 53 pages of action-y awesomeness, but it was also like the first uh, season finale for the series. Below is a link for, for the issue. Extra points if you find Adam Hughes and his lady Allison in its pages. Um, secondly, we also just started a spinoff series called The Uniques Tales, 
It's in its first run. Bunch it's going. Plug, bunch yeah. Of if you want to check out the comic, you can go to www.uniquescomic.com. And I just wanted to, I I wanted to read this email because Adam and Comfort are are two great people. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're so upset that they didn't mention I love you in the them, email. By the way. Hey, I've only been on 250 fucking episodes. Yeah. <laughs> go go to the uniquescomic.com website oh. and check out their stuff. They're awesome. I'll be right there. They are fantastic <laughs> folks. They've been big supporters for the show for a long time, except for Sal. And oh, uh, I'm sure they listen to all the episodes. And the Uniques is a really fun comic. And track them down at uh, at the next comic book convention you go to, and get the get the trade of their first book. Good lord, what are we doing over here? Just fixing the mic. He says that's what the sound is. That's not a mic. That's not the sound. Shove it. Hello, this is Steve Niles, and you are listening to Around Comics. All right, we are getting close to the end here and have just a couple flashback interview segments left for you. And this is from one of uh, my favorite interviews I was able to do from the uh, magazine-style format era of Around Comics. And it was uh, a format that some people loved and some people hated, but it's still part of the history of the show. And uh, I want to thank all the people that uh, had provided segments for for that show uh, a lot of work went into it from a lot of different people and uh, and had a lot of fun collaborating with them well this interview is uh from denny o'neill uh who is just an icon in comics uh, a lot of the stuff that we uh know uh, every day about batman came from from denny o'neill either as a writer or running the bat office at dc and this uh this part of the interview is about him uh working on some steve ditko created characters I want to talk to you a little bit about about some of those early projects that you worked on with DC. Uh, one in particular, you worked on The Creeper, and I wanted to know if you had any sort of working relationship with Steve Ditko whenever you, were, you worked on The Creeper. Yeah, and it's one of the... I, I have some regrets attached to Steve Ditko, and uh, maybe The Creeper is the mildest of them. Uh, Steve, I, I think, is one of the uh, seldom acknowledged greats. I would love to work with him again, but I think in political and social matters, I don't think we could be further apart. And I don't think Steve is too much of a gentleman to ever complain, but I don't think he liked what I did with his characters. It, uh, I think he wa I mean, I, I handled the creeper uh, semi-satirically, and I think Steve probably wanted it to be very straight on dead serious. Uh, wasn't too too big a sin against Steve there, but later, with the question, I totally changed uh, an awful lot about it. And much, much later, a colleague said, well, you know, if you're going to change it that much, why didn't you just create your own character from scratch? And that's a good question. Well, do do you think that that Ditko created uh, his Mister A character? Which seemed, it seemed to have a lot of um, similarities with the question. Do you think that that was kind of his his answer to the question? Uh, it may no. very well have been. I haven't seen Steve in Jesus uh, fifteen years. And I haven't had a real conversation with him, I guess, in maybe a quarter of a century. So I don't know. 
And as I said, he's not the kind of guy who would complain or whine or, or jump up and down and say, you've sinned against me. Uh, he is a gentleman. But, uh, you know, you ask about being a writer earlier. I had been working for DC for about six months, and Paul Levitt said, it's time to write again, don't you think? I, I, I think I had been hired as a hyphen, as a writer-editor. And what was available was Captain Adam, who was fairly close to Superman and the kind of character I'm not comfortable with. And the question, well, that was the kind of character I was comfortable with, so I simply said, uh, yeah, I can do that, but I, uh, I can't do Steve's version. And I think, well, the, the, the editor, Mike Gould, and I agreed on the changes I'd make. In retrospect, um, I don't know if I have a right to do that to Steve's vision. Uh, it just didn't occur to me at the time that it was ever going, that, that it, it might bother him. Sure. And now I think, well, I don't know if it bothered him. I think it's a possibility. You know who we haven't talked with that we have to talk. Is to it because is it because I'm straight? We got we got to talk. To Are Dave. you discriminating? We should we. M- Mr. Are you kidding me? What? You want you want Mark over here? Yeah, we got we got to we got to talk to Bane. You really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? We should. Do you want me to tell you about him? <laughs> All right, I'll go get him. I will step out. What, what do you Mr. think about Burnham, that? Thank you so much. A, a pleasure. We'll see you in a, we'll see you in a few weeks. Uh, s- seriously, uh, I have got to thank you guys. You have uh, you've made me a fair amount of money. Uh, just, <laughs> ser- 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 no, 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 that that sounds that sounds really crass. No, but like many many people that We've come supported up supported you. That's a better way of saying. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Many many people at, that come up to me at conventions know me because of me being an asshole on the show, and so. You know, they they would as opposed to your real life. They, they wouldn't they wouldn't know who I was, you know, otherwise. So, seriously, thank you for providing me with a platform for my art, That's, which is being an asshole. It's, a, it's, it's our pleasure, sir. Uh, awesome. Uh, remember, folks, Rolex on the cock. <laughs> Burnham, do me a this favor. Guy. When you go over and get Mark, mm-hmm. walk slowly. <laughs> All right, go get us, go get us, Mr. Mr. Baby. Good God, I gotta get out of here. It's getting late. Twelve thirty-five. Yeah, we're we're done. We're getting real close. I'm not done yet. Give me more drinks. (laughs) Steve's just getting going. Here comes Beatty with his dog. Fucking drunks. Hi, Coco. Mr. Beatty. Mr. Neesman. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. All right. Well, we couldn't wrap up without talking to you. Well, we okay. could. We could have, I mean, but we decided we not to. That would be kind of a dick move. Sal was big on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, Mark who? Fuck what? him. Man, Never. it's it's um four years. Thank you so much for no hosting problem, us. Man. It's um, I appreciate you guys being here. It's been it's been a, I don't know, it's been I, a good run. I have no idea what I'm gonna do with my Friday nights now. I'm like, be able to go home early and I have to start closing up earlier. Hey, now. Mark, I can uh, I can bring a disco ball and some people. <laughs> Wow, that's what a, you think. It's quite an offer. That's, that is quite an offer. <laughs> Let me sleep on it. Do that and call me tomorrow. Okay. But uh, you know, I tell you what, it's uh, uh, when I and here's my here's my little comic book story. Uh, I moved to Chicago about nine years ago, 
and uh, and it had been probably a couple of years back into, into reading comics after taking some time off in the 90s. And I moved to Chicago, and I found I found a store here on Western Avenue that was... All, what the hell was Augie's store name? Windy City Comics. Was it Windy? Okay, it was Windy City Comics. And I started shopping there a little bit, and then it was uh, Watchtower Comics, which opened up a couple doors down from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windy City was originally next door, two doors down. Uh, a couple doors that way, actually. Okay, a couple okay. doors uh, north. A C- couple doors down, and then and then Watchtower Comics opened up. Um, eventually, you would become the manager at Watchtower Comics. Because mm-hmm. it was got, going under. Because it was going under, and you came in and saved the store, and I got to know you there. And then you guys moved down Lincoln Avenue. Yeah, we moved around a lot. Our, our bar, it wasn't always by choice, but, but yeah, my boss just... I, Apparently, I, I I was hired by a a, a a gypsy. I'm not quite sure. Apparently, yeah, I've gone to basically we moved three times. The the same the same store in four different locations since I've moved here. Yeah, all within a block and a half of each other. It wasn't other. always by choice. Like I said, the first one we had we had water damage and all kinds of other issues, and they wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So we got out of the lease by basically threatening to sue. Yeah. So we got out of it, we moved to Lincoln Avenue. There was a storefront we were going to take over. And then the management company there decided they wanted the storefront more than we did. So we moved back up here and, and did, uh, actually business jumped up about 20%, so we stayed here. Yeah. But, I mean, you, I mean you've, been, you've been my shop owner in Chicago um, pretty much since I, since I moved here. Yeah. Since I really... About eight, eight years now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a good long time. And you, you've, made a, you've made a hell of a shop here. And uh, you've been a great, uh, a great host for us for the show. And it's... Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty... Thank you so much for, 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 for doing what you've done. Are to you going to cry, you big fag? Says the drunk fag. <laughs> Just a few more. He's a queen. Just a few more. You downed an entire bottle of what the fuck is that? Exactly. Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark. It's right over there. He, he just kept drinking it out of plastic. Very classy, by the way, out of a plastic cup. <laughs> Nothing says class like plastic. Notice I brought my own plastic like cup. Like cheap-ass sure. plastic. Like the worst, like fucking... He, br- he brings the They're bottle the over to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have some of that. He's like, you're not going to drink bread out of the bottle, are you? I was like, sure. He's like, let me get you Neesman a Neesman wanted to drink it out of the bottle. It's alcohol. It Southern. cleans itself automatically. <laughs> Your Lord, man. No, but uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a fun four years. So so thank you for hosting us here, man. No problem. It's it's been I've, en- I've enjoyed it through the ups and the downs. Boy, I mean, even, <laughs> when man, I say when I shh, when I say downs, I'm talking about sound. Nice, thank you. Thank <laughs> I mean, there. Hey, there. He goes taking a beat. Wait, the night. No, Sal has was, Down syndrome. <laughs> Does explain a lot, doesn't it? There, there was there was a time on the show where we were recording every Friday, two shows oh, yeah. every Friday. It would start at seven thirty, and we would go till midnight, one o'clock every single Friday. Yep. And you were here through all of them. <laughs> Does Coco want to say something? I apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I remember the. Cha- I remember when I actually used to listen to the show after you guys recorded. I'm thinking. 
Why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> I'm already here. I would right. sit here. You're eight hell, feet I would away. be on the show sometimes, and I then I'd listen to it the next day. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What the, I don't really give a. Fuck. It was exciting. I already know what it I said. It was exciting. You, you it was know. fun. That well, the first one was was uh, on that damn Skype, and yep. as soon as you added one extra person, everything went choppy. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah, you were you were uh, the 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 first guest on the very first. Uh, I remember. Round of yeah, I remember that. I remember. Uh, Talking with Mark on Skype, and then we and then I Tom. actually met Mark the first time. I'm like, wow, that's really not what I expected no. from the voice. <laughs> I heard his voice. I'm like, for I did those not, of you, for I those did of you not... out here who haven't seen pictures, I, basically it's a, think of a Thor after a three year drinking binge. <laughs> And maybe a few few years on the road. Very you're, hard, you're, hard years. You're, you're looking a little bit more Odin than Thor. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, a little more. The, I'm definitely going Odin. Odin. Yeah. That's all right, though. You know, it could, it could go worse. It could be going Volstag. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> that would not be good. Whereas your voice it beckons an image of Hervé Villachez. Wow. That's exactly what I plane. thought. That's exactly how big of a bottle was that? <laughs> it was pretty big. It was nice, big. Nice fair size, size a fair size bottle. <laughs> and I'm still drinking. I just want to wait till he sees. I want to see him get up. This is gonna be fun. Well, wait till you see me next Wednesday. <laughs> still hungover four days later. <sighs> no, I'm, uh, I, I had a good time. I think it was fun. It was funny we usually record on there and then just having a lot of cool guests and yep. weird shit and. John Byrne and Rick Remender saying, telling the shit that he said. And boy, some of the shit that went on on this show from guys that are now fucking like towing the fucking company line. Oh, yeah, they look yeah, back and be like, it, I mean, literally, it was like they might as well have done a porn film. <laughs> we we are we are like the the porn film of of comic books. We talked to a lot of guys in the early days that you know, ended up being uh, pretty big names. In we were talking to Fraction whenever well, he was pushing Five Fists of Science. Yeah. Well, I think every, every Jason one of them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jason Remember, Aaron, Rick Remender, and Fraction were all just even doing Casanova. Been, you know, yeah, all these crappy little books, and yeah. now they're all like the big names. I mean, they Marvel. were good books, but they were No, they no, were but I'm just saying in, books, in, yeah. in indie books. Just, I mean, little. I remember talking to a, uh, John Romita Jr. at uh, at Wizard World in one of our. Sitting, on, sitting on the floor in a hall. And he yeah. more or less kind of you know announced Kickass yeah. on, on the show, absolutely. You know, which uh, hits theaters April sixteenth. So we broke a lot of stories. We uh, made a lot of stars out of this industry. Mm-hmm. Basically, trendsetters, movers and shakers. And now you're old and done. Now it's over. <laughs> so. Good. And the industry good. will crash in our wake. All I have to say is good. Thanks, Stevie. Thanks, yeah, cause appreciate next, it, buddy. Because next week, Comic with Queers is recording here, so it's, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's CBQ. That's the nice Son thing about it. it. The new home. Of Welcome CBQ. to the new home of CBQ. The only thing he, re- the only re- thing he requested was a huge bottle of Maker's Mark and, <laughs> and, and a some disco mic- ball. Exactly, and yeah. a disco ball. But, but so. Steve, I'm taking all the recording equipment home with me tonight. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we done? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, if somebody set up microphones uh, and a soundboard at Dark Tower, Neesman will be here. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah, that's question. how it's gonna be. Put a microphone. Hi, my name is Tony Danza, and you're listening to Around Comics. Hi, my name is John Romita Jr., and you are listening to Around Comics. Okay, before Sal and I give our final uh, farewells in a couple minutes, it's time for our last little uh, walk down memory lane. And uh, this is an interview that uh, I I think a lot of listeners uh, became aware of around comics. I actually came to listen to the show because of this interview. We were uh, lucky enough to, uh, to talk to John Byrne. 
uh, a few years ago. And uh, if you're like uh, Sal and I, uh, especially, we grew up reading comics in, in the early and mid-80s, and there was no bigger star in comics than John Byrne. And for us to, to talk with him was uh, exciting and a little bit scary. But I have to tell you that after talking with him, I can say that he was the most gracious, open, and uh, one of the funniest guests that we had on the show in four years. So here is uh, part of our conversation with uh, the fantastic Mr. John Byrne. I'm still having fun just making the pictures, so that's okay by me. But uh, it's kind of a shame that this, uh, you know, I've become the great Satan for some reason. And, uh, <laughs> I've only killed a few babies, so I really don't know why. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you, you didn't you know, want the... to. You had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Don't you understand? I had to. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess that brings us to some of the controversies surrounding your name. You have a very polarizing name. And you're a very yeah, polar, yeah. polarizing. I mean, people either love you or they think you're Satan. And, e- and everyone has an opinion. Everyone about has John an Byrne. opinion about John Byrne. Absolutely. Yep. And and a lot of that has come from comments that you've made on the internet or at conventions or whatever. And I, I don't want to get into the specific specifics or or, or 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 judging that in any way. I, I guess for me, as a as a huge fan of yours. I just sit back and wonder sometimes why or or why now or why some you know so I mean not like I said not not to judge anything that you say a lot of times I agree with what you say mm-hmm. but you you wouldn't you, be, you, you would know it, that you're stirring up the hornet's Yeah I mean that's what I kind of look at and go <laughs> you know is it just he likes to mess with people is it I mean reading through some of your forum you know some of your uh, forums I mean it's it's like you're just you're just fucking with people sometimes, it seems like. <laughs> it's not so much that. It's just that uh, really I, I, I've never been one to sort of keep my opinion to myself. That's my curse. And uh, put me on the Internet, and oh, dear God, suddenly I have this this means of, of sending out my opinion to everybody and everybody. And most of the time people agree with me. They don't always agree with me, and when they don't agree with me, they tend to disagree quite loudly. <laughs> and, uh, of course, there's that other chunk of time where they're disagreeing quite loudly with something I didn't actually say, uh, which is which is one of the weirdest things I've found about the Internet, this, uh, you know, the so-called uh, information highway. And it seems like an awful lot of people have flat tires on the information yeah. highway because they... They don't seem to be able to find, you know, Burn, you said this. And I said, well, no, actually, I said nothing like that. And if you went and looked, you'd, you'd actually see what I actually said. Well, but uh, that wouldn't be any fun, of course. It's not, there's, no, there's no controversy in, in, in the truth. Um, I have a question, and this is Tom speaking. Uh, are you disappointed that you never got named a Marvel Young Gun? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, speaking as an old-timer... <laughs> You missed out. I don't out. think I ever had a chance. You know? uh, I actually yeah. do have a, a real question. Um, <laughs> you've worked a lot on characters that you didn't necessarily create, and you've done really fantastic work on stuff like Fantastic Four and Superman. Uh, when you take on a project like that and you write what a lot of people consider the definitive version of it, is it a case where 
it strikes you like a lightning bolt what you need to do with those characters or is it something where you get it handed to you and then you got to think how am i going to do something with these characters it's it's kind of a mixture of both really uh it, it depends entirely on the character i, I mean when you, when you take somebody like superman i had been grumbling uh, off on the sidelines about how dc didn't know what to do with superman uh for about 10 years and then uh I went off contract at Marvel, and, and almost before the, the contract was finished, Dick Giordano called me up and said, okay, wise guy, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was kind of a thunderbolt. Uh, so I, uh, I made up a list of what I called my 20 unreasonable demands, and they accepted 19 of them. So you know, I was like, oh, okay, they're serious about this. Uh-huh. And then with something like the Fantastic Four, well, of course, I'd been a fan forever, and... Uh, on the X-Men, I was starting to get that, that itch that I thought, you know, I, I can put the words in the pictures just as easily as I can put the pictures in the pictures. And uh, so Shooter one day said, well, do you want to write the Fantastic Four? Which is, you know, a little bit like saying, you know, do you want to walk hand in hand with God when you think about <laughs> wow. the, uh, the, the, the heritage, even though the book had fallen on hard times on and off, but it was still that book that had started the Marvel Universe. And I said, oh, oh. Okay, and of course, originally I was supposed to be writing it with Bill Sienkiewicz drawing it, and then Bill decided he wanted to concentrate on Moon Knight, which I think was a very smart move on his part. And we didn't have an artist, so I kind of went, "Oh, gee, well, you know, I can draw." <laughs> and, I know how to uh, do that. <laughs> ended up leaving the X Men, for which I know many fans have never forgiven me. <laughs> well, yeah, that ways led on to ways, and I think the people that look at that run on Fantastic Four will forgive you for that. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm sure we'll get a few who disagree. Well, you know, the, the first question off off of that, that that, you know, I have to ask is, what was the 20th thing on the list about Superman? The 20th thing on the list about Superman uh, was that I was, I was presented with a, when I took on Superman, the first thing I did was sort of look at all the things that were canon. You know, that we accept this automatically and kind of said, okay, why do we accept this automatically? And it was stuff like, when was Superman ever stupid enough to say, hey, you know, I have a secret identity, you know, so why would people think he did and things like that? And one of the things was, well, how do we know kryptonite can kill him? You know, he's the only one. That's kind of a test of destruction. You know, if we, if we find out that kryptonite can actually kill Superman, then Superman is dead. So I came up with the idea that rather than baby Kal-El being sent to Earth, pregnant Lara would be sent to Earth. And she'd arrive, and she'd have the baby, and then she would be the one who was encountered, with, who, who would encounter the first piece of kryptonite, and she would die. And that's how we would know, without killing Superman, that DC, or that, that kryptonite could kill Superman. And DC said... That's a little too far. That's a little too far from the canon. Let's not do that. And and it was Jeanette, actually, who suggested that uh, we do the whole thing about how the, the, the kryptonite radiation is already leaking from the core and killing people on Krypton. And I said, hey, that works. Oh, wow. But yeah, yeah they I... wouldn't let me bring Lara to Earth. Top, top of the stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. All right, man. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Finally. That's it. It's only taken three weeks. Uh, oh, it was more like six weeks. Well, yeah, it was like eight episodes, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Three hours of this. Oh, Jesus. Really? 
Oh, single tear. Yeah. Weeping like a baby, you can't see it. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a blast. Four so. years, uh, two hundred and it all started. It, you know, we, we should really uh, thank Jacques and Andy Diggle because it all yeah. started with a losers poster it that is. you hung up uh, at, at work, work. Yep. and uh, that's how we became uh, fan, uh, yeah. friends. And, yeah. and uh, you read comics? Yeah. That was it. That was the beginning. And how apropos that uh, that the losers uh, hits theaters. Theater uh, soon. Yeah. We'll have to go yeah. and see that. But, it's, uh, uh, it's oh kinda... Jesus! I have oh god, it's Matt that one. Dum, 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 We're not getting. Dum, right. dum, I know. <laughs> Is that the death? <laughs> <laughs> crazy fucking crazy Frenchman. <laughs> crazy drunk French Frenchman. Do they do they not have whiskey in France? It's like Lord of the Dance over here now. No, it's uh, hey, you know, it's been uh, it's been it's been four years of fun and silly and serious and just talking about comics, which is a hobby that commercials. Oh, you be quiet. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been one of the funnest, coolest, best things I've done in my life. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh... which is why you guys will bring it back. <laughs> he's not going to let us stop. He's not going to let us. Uh, he's not going to let us in. No, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, we we've talked about this over and over again about how, you know, the show uh, brought us to places and 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 it had us meeting people and doing things that we never thought it would. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're just two guys that read comic books and uh, the things that we've seen and the people we've talked to and the and the stuff we've done uh, because of the show has been uh, amazing and, and and a testament to this great industry and the great you know camaraderie but you know around comics. Uh, you know, I, no I, pun I, intended. I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think of it as a great industry. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a crap industry. It's a. Well, gr- it's a. It's a crap industry. It's a great community. It's a great community. That's yeah. what. That's what I've learned through doing this very, in four years. Very loyal community, and and uh, it's it's the people that make it up. It's the creators. It's the the fans. That and it's a community. It's not an industry. It's a community, and that is what I've learned through this show. And you know, comics are an art form. When you have an art form, you have people that love the art, and people love comics. And we tapped into that. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you it's know, funny. I, I mean, even tonight, it's like you know, guys sitting here, you know, Michael uh, Moscamp. Yeah, he's like, you know, hey man, seriously, I gotta tell you, I, I wouldn't have uh, gotten back into comics if it wasn't for you guys. And it's like, you know, for us. Really? I mean, we yeah. just started. Yeah, I mean, we just started doing this because we wanted to talk about comics. We wanted to talk about comics, and we wanted people to listen to us. <laughs> you know, I mean, that yeah. was pretty simple. It, yeah. You know, it wasn't any any great plan of what you know. It was just, uh, hey, we could do that, and why not? You know, we like talking mm-hmm. about comics. So, uh, and, but I mean, it was all about, and we've talked about this over and over again on the show about how I didn't grow up with any friends that re- you know talked comics bought comics Mm -hmm. so i mean i had missed that through most of my life and so that was really what the show was all about you know it's like now we have you know you know when we started it was three people that talked about comics and that grew into you know 
30 people in our extended you know group of people or yeah. more i don't even know you know it's like uh, all the people that showed up tonight and and all the people that we know whatever city we go to you know uh and it always continues to amaze us and, yeah oh uh, absolutely you know it's uh it's one of the things that um you know i i i'm i'm a midwestern boy and i never really traveled around you know that much um but since we've done the show i've gone to new york twice i've gone to seattle san francisco i i've been able to see a, a big chunk of this country that i probably wouldn't have taken the opportunity to see yeah. and it's because comic books and that is the silliest but most awesome <laughs> thing you know it, it's like the the this childhood love that i've that i've carried over into my adulthood that that i still love and um with everything that we try and escape from in our in our day-to-day -day lives i mean these little um silly 22 page booklets give us this little moment of joy in, in our day mm -hmm. and um, I mean, there's something there. There is something magical about that. And the show, I, you know, you look back on stuff and, and I don't want to get I'm not going to get weepy or silly about it. But I mean, there's stu there's stuff that you look back on in your life and say that was special. And around oh, comics absolutely. will always be something very special to me. Well, you know, through emails and voicemails and people, you know, talking to us and, that, you know, all the, a lot of people have, have, have told us about what the show meant to them. But you know the show has done more for us than oh yeah we've ever done for anybody else so you know it's been it's been a great ride and you know and you know this is comics uh nobody ever dies forever yeah so you know it's not like we may you know it's not like you're never gonna hear from us again it's not the last time that we've been on a podcast together yeah it, it just is the last you've heard of around, around comics. comics as it is yeah. as you've gotten to know it is all it is and i'm sure we'll be back around at some point and do something and i was talking to david price on the on the way up tonight and he's like you okay man i was like yeah i'm fine i'm fine it's it really it's like yeah you know i came to terms with it, it was it was um you know scotty left and then uh and then when tom when tom moved away it's like okay you know there, there's a point where what it is is gone and you can't be that anymore and uh and i say you know it's weird for me um i actually kind of worry about sal a little bit more because i still have 11 o'clock and and david's like oh that's kind of cool and i was like you know but david you understand that 11 o'clock was always just kind of a, a you know you know, AC was my my job, and and eleven o'clock is what I did on my off hours. I, mean, right. I poured myself into this show, and around Ugh. comics will always will always be my my first love. And uh, but I think that was almost. I mean, that's almost why it's come to this too. Is like we put so much into it. Yeah. It's almost like well kill it off and then we can you know it's yeah. like then we can walk away or do whatever we want at that point yeah. you know what i mean it's like because uh, we did i mean we you know it's funny <laughs> you know for uh, four years we wanted to be the number one podcast out there and it's not until we're done that <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i think we always have been Mm -hmm. We did the best podcast that we could, and I, I think for it, it's hard to put it in the in the proper words, but um, um, 
for my money, Around Comics was and will always be the best podcast. I don't think there was an equal. And that was because of you. It was because of Tom. Um, Absolutely. And uh, it was uh, it was a special thing. And uh, I'm I'm very proud of what we did. And it's pretty awesome. So it's, kudos uh, to you. Good. Cheers, man. My friend. And uh, like we said uh, earlier, um, the show may end, but the friendships never will. Everyone. Um, and that's everyone here at Dark Tower. Uh, it's everyone out there listening. Uh, I want to thank. Even um, you Canadians. Even the Canadians. Um, I want to thank everyone for the support uh, over the last over the last four plus years, uh, listen, listening to the show, being a part of the community. Um, everything that you've done has meant a tremendous amount to us, and uh, I don't know where we'll be next Monday, but I do know that wherever it is, it's going to be it's going to be in. I'll be sleeping <laughs> and around comics. Good night. Good night. When you find you can somehow make it like all the rest, you won't need to scrounge around for someone else. Torn between the unknown. And the place that you call home And the life you want but have never known There was a time you could put it out of your mind Leave it all behind There was a time that time is gone Mister, tell me, 50 years in this town's done for you Except to earn your name place on a bar stool Spend your whole life in this county you never been out of state You say you're gonna make it out Before it's too late There was a time You could put it out of your mind Leave it all behind There was a time That time is gone There was a time When nothing seemed to make much sense now this turn more intense and all the crutches you kept around Now are nowhere to be found Remember when you didn't have to look ahead or behind you There was always something right there to do But now it's life in some kind of trap looking for a way out We keep moving on, that's what it's all about There was a time you could put it out of your mind, leave it all behind. There was a time, that time is gone.